All right. Here we are, guys. This is a test. But if everything is working properly, um, you should uh, be able to see us. I'm Cairo, uh, head of community for Shell Protocol. And I have with us here Kenny. Kenny, you look a little frozen, but hopefully we've got you. Uh-oh. You here, Kenny? Yes, sir. Excellent. Yes. Right as we started streaming, my uh, computer decided to change Wi-Fi networks spontaneously, as of it does. Of course. Yeah. Um, well, yes. you know, that's why we uh, we give ourselves a little bit of slack for these first runs. The YouTube comments are really popping off, mostly with high NGM. I just want to say to everybody, if you're watching on YouTube, which you are, because that's the only place this is streaming, um, please join us on Discord. There's a channel, MindMeld Chat. That's where at least I'm going to be following along and uh, answering questions. So please direct your uh, questions there. And uh, additionally, you'll see another channel where you can get your role, your video melder role for uh, attending. Um, and yeah, thank you for being here. I know it's early for some of you. I know it's late for some of you. Um, unfortunately, it's just one of those things you can't find the perfect time of day for everybody. So we try to mix it up, keep it fair. 24 um, time zones. Someone's going to be upset. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, this hopefully, um, Hopefully it's going to work out. Look at this. Now, I don't have any explicit confirmation in the chat that anyone's watching. But a lot of people seem interested in getting the role. Some of you might remember we uh, made an attempt to give away POAPs <laughs> at one point. Um, and that was a little bit of a, that was an interesting situation, certainly. So if you were here for the one and only Shell Foray into POAPs, I'm sorry. Or, you know, you live to tell about it. <laughs> uh, we live to tell about it. Barely. I thought that was, that we took, a, that was probably the most heat we've ever gotten ever. Uh so far was that's true that's true which honestly is probably good because like if we had ever like caused people to lose like actual money and not just like attendance tokens which they didn't even lose they just didn't we ran out for those who don't know that the situation was that we had like 10,000 that the POAP team had issued us and they refused to give us any more I think we got only a couple hundred, and then Was like, that, oh really? About a thousand people showed up, and we were we had like less than half. Uh, we could meet less than half of the demand. <laughs> Somebody says, uh, Kenny, your background is either terrible shingling or a beautiful sculpture. Uh, <laughs> it's I I I can confirm. It's it's pretty solid. 
Um, it is shingling, but yeah, it's a little bit of both. It's um, I think it depends on your matter of perspective. Some people, uh, when they see it, they really, really like it. I, I, you know, it looks good as a background. Let me leave it at that. I'm, I'm not quite as bullish as some people are. And uh, I also, I did promise I would wear my Aloha shirt. However, it's a little chilly today, so I had to add a layer. But that's yeah. not what people want to hear about. They want to hear about the future of the protocol. Um, yeah. So let's let's be uh, conscientious of everyone's time and talk about uh, what's coming next. I know I have a lot of things I'm excited about. Kenny, I know you have a lot you're excited about. I'll let you kind of guide us, and we'll keep uh, keep our well, eyes open as questions roll in. I feel like there's two things that if I were a community member, I would be interested in talking about, and that would be the um, the new feature release that's coming out, which is uh, NFT swaps, NFT AMMs. Um, and then the other thing I'd be interested, of course, is like governance and tokenomics. Um, what would people want to hear about first? You know, I'm, I'm kind of a long-winded dude, so whatever I start with is probably what we're going to spend the most time talking about. So if there's anything that people will want to prefer, um, just, uh, just post in the Discord chat. If not, I'll probably start with um, NFT swaps, because that's just kind of what I've been thinking about the most today you know things move fast here so the governance and tokenomics that was last week and i kind of almost forgot about it um just okay kidding. word comes in tokenomics from uh this toilet paper who's always got interesting things to say <laughs> uh, all right well up early 5 30 a.m uh on the chinese side or up late Good morning sir one yeah, of the things that i'm hoping thanks will be good about YouTube is I believe there is like live auto translation. Oh, um, that would be awesome. So I think that's automatic, but if we need to do something to turn that on, we can do that. I, but it should just work is the hope. Um, okay. yeah. Tokenomics. Tokenomics. Um, well, I guess, uh, Right now, what we what were last week, um, Saturday, as for part of the toucan toucan anniversary slash you know, happy birthday for the toucans. Um, we released the first uh, blog post in a multi-part series about shell tokenomics and governance, and this is something that we've been alluding to and sort of tiptoeing around for over a year now, almost um, for almost two over almost two years, oh well yeah longer than two years. And um, it was a fairly conservative article. We didn't get into all, all the juicy details. I think the focus was just, okay, what the heck does this token even do? How does it have value? What role does it play in the protocol? Um, and I think it's important that as a community, we, we kind of have a common understanding about those kind of fundamentals. Because if we, if we don't know how the heck the token is going to have value or what the heck it's going to do, then... Talking about like airdrops, it's it's sort of like putting the cart before the horse or the horse before the cart. I can never I always get that analogy bit mixed up. Um, you want but, your uh, horse in front of your cart. Yeah. So then putting the cart before the horse would be. 
We should probably avoid. We should probably avoid like idioms in general, uh, given the global audience. But basically, um, I don't you know, think there's any country where they put the cart in front of the horse. But that's true. It, that's it true. may, yeah, it may not land. Uh, but anyway, we, you want to you want to have like a solid foundation, and then you build on top of that. And so I think the foundation is what the heck is a token going to do? And I think like basically to briefly summarize, um, you know. Shell is a lot of things, but but fundamentally, the the core protocol, um, what it does is is it kind of like it fixes this composability problem, um, and that is like I don't know, maybe it's just me, but whenever I have to do Web three stuff, I always find myself using like three or four different like apps, switching between tabs, going between MetaMask, EtherScan, um, some sort of Dex aggregator. Um, some kind of like lending pool or, or what have you. And it's like really complicated and super onerous and it takes a bunch of steps. And a lot of times I get confused about what I'm doing halfway through and I just like kind of lose focus and start like reading like DeFi Twitter instead. Um, and the analogy I, I like to use, it's sort of like if you go, if you're like uh, go to Uber or any kind of rideshare app. Um, so I think it's like DD in China. Um, sorry if I didn't pronounce that right. You, you hail your taxi uh on the on one app you track its like location on like google maps you message the driver on whatsapp and then you pay the driver in venmo um and if that's how like rideshare actually worked like no one would use it um and i think like web3 and DeFi is kind of like that today and it sounds like people... buying drugs <laughs> you know we don't talk about fight club cairo um, obnoxious and it doesn't need to be, right? <laughs> yeah, and it's like, um, what was I going with this? Yeah, and like people talk about, oh, like the onboarding is really hard for people. They want a Web2 onboarding experience. You know, oh, like we want to be able to do like actual useful TradFi type things on DeFi, blah, blah, blah. And I think that's like, again, putting the cart before the horse. It's like, look, you can't even do any, like just doing like basic Web3 native stuff that everyone has to do is like almost impossible. Um, it takes a ton of time and I'm a lazy guy. Well, I, I'm a guy who doesn't like to be inconvenienced and I really don't like troubleshooting tech. Um, and so uh, I think what we need to do is we need to have like this integrated, seamless user experience um, that you know, thing, everything's in one place and all the intermediate steps are automated. And uh, the reason why this hasn't been done, well, there's a few reasons, but I think the biggest one is that if you look at all these like DeFi and Web3 protocols, they're built to be like silos. You know, composability is this big buzzword that everyone likes to trot around. But like realistically, none of these protocols were built with composability in mind. Um, you know, Uniswap was built just to swap. I mean, Uniswap doesn't even really compose with itself. Not, not to like neg Uniswap, but you know, the, something everyone knows. Like, if you want to migrate your, like, say you're an LP in the DAI USDC pool in Uniswap, and then you want to like become an LP in like, the ETH, uh, like staked ETH pool. I mean, that like already is like a big pain in the ass to like move funds between those pools. So you got to like withdraw, you got to swap, you got to swap, you got to deposit. Um, and that's just like one protocol composing with itself. And when you look under the hood, the smart contracts are just not designed in such a way to make this seamless composability like realistic. And so 
until we fix that underlying problem, we're just going to be stuck with like a really shitty user experience. Um, and so that's, I guess, fundamentally like the problem that Shell was designed to, to fix. And not just fix it because it's a problem for end users. It's fix it because it's just a problem for anyone that wants to use Web3, whether you're a developer or an end user. And so the core Shell protocol or the, the core module to fix this is called the Ocean. Um, you've probably heard us talk about it a lot. You can you can look up the white paper and blog post that explains how it works. But basically, it's a it's a pretty radical departure from existing Web three smart contract architecture. And instead of having all the accounting being done in these like ERC twenty seven twenty one token ledgers, you put the accounting all in like one place. The accounting meaning like you know adding and subtracting tokens from people's balances. That's all it really is. Um, and so Put it all in one place and then you create like this api that other um uh, other DeFi and financial primitives can like connect to and so now the downside of this is that like existing protocols aren't backwards compatible with or, or the ocean is not backwards compatible with existing protocols that's the downside the upside is that everything that's built on top of this is like seamlessly and natively composable with everything else just by the way it's constructed and so we spent like a year and a half like designing this and building this. Um, we shipped it back in October. Uh, it was really hard being, I have to say it's hard when you're a small team uh, to build something this new and this different completely from scratch, uh, especially in an environment where like one mistake uh, can like lose tons of money. And also in an environment where like you can't just go and patch up your mistake if you find it. So it took us a long time um, in, in an abundance of caution, that's why we've had this like guarded launch approach because we just really, really, really don't want to have people get burned. Um, that would just that would make us feel really bad about ourselves um, and be bad for the that protocol. That being said, I think things have gone pretty well. Oh, yeah, things have gone pretty well, and uh, we're about to end this guarded launch phase. Sorry, this is a roundabout thing to talk about tokenomics, but trust me, okay. I'm getting there. But basically, this platform, I think you kind of have to have like a general like high-level understanding of this platform uh, in order to understand what the token's going to do. So the way the ocean works, as you might have kind of noticed from interacting with the front end, is you take external tokens like DAI, ETH, USDC, or NFTs like Toucans, you wrap them into this system, and then once they're in this system, they're in like this uh, sort of modular box and you can plug it into like you can plug that asset into like anything else that's in connected to the protocol. Um, and so where the token comes in is that you know wrapping more assets, wrapping more tokens into the system is free. Unwrapping, there's the possibility for the protocol to charge an unwrap fee. Um, and so you can think of it like a nightclub where instead of having to pay a cover to get in, it's like you can get in, you can go in for free, you know, you can have I some- I hate this analogy. You can go and like dance with, dance, you know, <laughs> dance as long as you want, but the second you want to leave, you got to pay a little bit. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know, if you have a better analogy, Cairo, like how, I mean- Yeah, I know, I should be constructive with this. I just, you know, I, I don't want it. The thing, the thing that separates Shell from a nightclub for me, well, I guess there are many things. The idea is if we achieve our goal, you can potentially keep your assets, whatever they are, in the Shell ecosystem indefinitely. 
Um, which, the thing about a nightclub is eventually you're going to have to go home. So there's this sort of like, there's a little bit of an, not extortion, but like, it's kind of like a non-negotiable fee, you know? <laughs> Whereas the idea with Shell, I think, is not to make a killing by making people come and go over and over again. It's actually to turn the ocean into a place where they can just stay. Um, Very true. Yeah. Very true. And that'll be a good problem to have, is when the capital doesn't want to leave uh, the protocol. Um, and then we can, we, we can transition to a different, like, different fee model. But the, the, the basic idea is that to, 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 to move money around in the system, and specifically to take money out of the system, you have to pay a fee. And so what happens to this fee when you pay it? Well, ultimately, right now the fee is set to zero, um, and it'll be up to the DAO to, to raise it. But ultimately, the shell DAO is going to be the beneficiary of this, of this fee, uh, of the revenue from this fee. And so pretty much, you know, the more people use the protocol, the more money, that's more tokens that are flowing in and out, more revenue, more revenue uh, that's collected by the DAO. And then the DAO can choose what it wants to do with this revenue. So there's basically three main things that the DAO can do with regards to the protocol. First thing it can do is it can decide to charge the fee and set the fee um, uh, however high it wants. I think the cap is like five basis points. Um, this was sort of a security thing um, in the sense that like, well, right now, like the, the there is no DAO. There's just like the multi-sig that's controlled by the core team. And we didn't want to be in a position where we could like raise this fee to like 100% and then trap all the money. That didn't, that didn't sound like a good idea. And also just in general, I think, especially in the early days of a DAO, you never want to have, you never want to be like, you can never be too careful. Like someone could could sort of co-opt the DAO in various ways, and we don't want to make sure that even if the DAO is co-opted, like the protocol will still run fine. Um, and so that's like a big. It's <laughs> getting windy over Helicopter's here. Helicopter's coming in. Yeah. Uh, let me know if the if the audio is getting uh, totally unmanageable with the wind. It wasn't. As I think it's actually that. it's actually pretty clean. All oh, things considered. It's just, yeah. it's just my hair that's blowing all over the place. Um, so uh, that's why we had the cap. And the, the, so that's the first thing that you, it, it, it can raise the fee, set the fee. The second thing it can do is it can transfer the revenue collected by the fee to another wallet. Um, that way, you know, it, it can decide what to do with it, basically. And then the third thing it can do is it can change the beneficiary from itself to another wallet. So that means if we want to upgrade the DAO, uh, we can transfer the fees. We can transfer ownership to the new DAO. Um, if there's like, say, we want to have like a grants program, um, we can set up a contract that can distribute the grants. And all we have to do is just transfer the tokens to that contract. Um, you know, there's a lot of things we can do with just those three steps, ultimately. And... You know what to do with the revenue will be up to the DAO. You know, if, I think some projects I've seen will basically use that revenue as like a sort of a dividend and give it to the token holders. I think that's not not a bad idea. Some projects will just not even charge a fee and just go straight for growth. Um, I think that's what like Uniswap does. Um, and then other projects will use the revenue to like you know actually like reinvest in the protocol. That's probably what I would want to do selfishly. Um, because I want to keep seeing this protocol grow and improve. 
and uh, but you know it won't be up to me. It'll be up to uh, up to you guys. Um, and I think the last thing I'll say about the the, the governance is, I think philosophically we're 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 kind of believers in like governance minimization. Um, I think there's a lot of reasons for that. I think first of all, like governance is a pretty expensive process, uh, the grand scheme of things, and it's it's time consuming. It requires sometimes a lot of specialized knowledge uh, to make good decisions and if you have like a protocol where like the governance is setting like core parameters in the protocol um i think that can run you into a lot of trouble um both from uh, just an execution standpoint of the protocol like not that it, it's a security risk it's also like hard to like you know very few people like if you have like say a financial derivatives protocol and the governance has to set like key risk parameters I mean, how many people actually understand the protocol well enough to make an informed choice? How many times do you see people like managing their own like hedge fund or own bank that theoretically know a lot about risk make mistakes? Um, and so I think that's a problem. And then the other problem is just from a regulatory standpoint. Um, you know, we've seen, I think it was, I think they used to be called BZX. I don't remember what they're called now, but like the DAO was making key like risk choices for the protocol and doing key work and um you know the powers that be in the united states government um didn't share the same legal opinions that the uh you know the dow and the bcx founders did and now um yeah now they're not uh, now, now they have a whole can of worms and a whole you know really difficult That's, situation uh, with. that kind of ties into a question we've got um cams here in the discord asking some pretty thoughtful questions one of them they asked was uh what are we doing to prepare or take account for the regulatory headwinds as they were in the united states regarding tokens DAOs, and uh the like well, um good question i think for now it's it's nice to be small um I think we're also pretty hands off in a lot of things. Uh, I think, you know, I think fundamentally my, my, my big picture philosophy for this is I look at like, you know, Ethereum and Bitcoin, I'm like why have they been able to escape, you know, regulation? And I think the reason is because regulators kind of in their heart of hearts know that even if they wanted to shut down ethereum or they wanted to shut down bitcoin like they wouldn't really be able to um and that's why they're not doing it and so i think pretty much you know all at the end of the day re regulators are going to try and regulate whatever they think they can get away with um whatever they think they have the power to regulate and so um in the long run the only way shell survives is if we're set up in such a way that like it's materially impossible for someone to stop um there's going to be a lot of work and engineering that has to go into building out that infrastructure you know frankly that's not how it is right now um uh now i think one of the most important things is not to take custody of user assets that's like one of those things that or have any kind of like influence over user assets that's like one of the most important things um, I think that's kind of like a red line we're never going to cross. Um, at least Calorie Labs, the, the, the company behind the core team, 
that we're never going to cross that line. Um, and just in general, I think that you know the the way that regulators are kind of approaching it right now is is a little frustrating, for, at least for me uh, as 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 a builder, because like you know what you want ultimately is for a regulator to clearly spell out like this is allowable, this is not allowable, because once they spell that out, it becomes very easy to figure out like what to do. But what they're doing instead is they're they're saying, look, we think the old rules that were written in the 1920s are very clear, and you need to follow them. And, you know, the people in the industry are like, ah, it's not so clear to us. Like, we don't really know what what it means, uh, what, what this, how this, like, applies to, like, this new technology. Can you just please, like, just write up something to, like, explain it? And they're like, I'll tell you what. We'll sue you if you don't follow the rules. Um, and so it, it's hard to really know where the line is, at least for me. Um, and I think we're just going to have to kind of muddle through some legal gray area. Uh, now, I'm not, I'm not like a, a social activist. This isn't like, um, you know, Shelly, for me, is not an exercise in, um, well, what is that? What is that that like Gandhi and Martin Luther King did? Uh, civil disobedience. This oh, is not uh, yeah, civil disobedience. Yeah, it's not an exercise in civil disobedience for me. Like, if I get a strongly worded like letter from a regulator, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not gonna like, you know, it's not a hill I'm gonna die on. Um, and I think in general, the things that we really are, I'm paying attention to personally are. Um, Securities regulation from the shell token side. Um, Want to make sure that we release a token and get it um, get it out there and circulating in such a way that you know we're not clearly breaking any rules. And also, I think, and from the, the things that the, the and then probably the biggest one is just the um, you know, like like the the, the the branch of the U.S. government, you know, we're, we're U.S. citizens, or at least I'm a U.S. citizen, Kyra's a U.S. citizen. Not everyone on the team is U.S.-based, but uh, the company is based in the United States. And so the, the biggest player that we got to worry about and I th is, is U.S. government. And uh, the branch of the U.S. government that's in charge of, like, enforcing financial sanctions against, um, you know, governments and entities that the U.S. government considers enemies, um, that's the branch of the government you really don't want to uh, f run afoul of. And, you know, things like money laundering, um, know your customer, those types of things. Uh, that's one reason I think that the uh, ongoing legal action around Tornado is going to be very interesting and very telling for how this goes. Because unlike, you know, any sort of securities enforcement uh that came straight from this sort of like uh sanctions enforcement and uh there are a bunch of people who are putting together a fairly extensive legal defense of tornado in the united states so it's yet to be seen whether they get anywhere um but i think that will be telling i also want to jump in you guys have been very patient um i think that this role channel is now set up correctly so if you go there to the mind meld role channel in the discord you should be able to see a post with a button from the bot that you can click that will grant you the video melder role 
And if not, complain about it, and I will work harder to fix it. But I think it should be working now. So again, thank you for your patience. I know it's late for some of you. Glad to have you here. Let's see. I saw someone asked about the blog post part two. It'll come after we ship the t the the two can swaps, um, and uh, yeah, it'll it'll cover things like you know how's the airdrop going to work, you know what's the distribution of tokens. Um, there's other stuff that we'll want to talk about that probably won't be in the blog post, like how are we going to do our growth incentives and. Okay, guys, I'm going to fix it. That's all right. No one can see the button. I'm gonna fix it, Kenny. Keep keep entertaining the people. Yeah, and other other facets. Um, so stay tuned. Um, <laughs> I think also, you know, once we spell out like the high level stuff, uh, I think it'll be really cool to have uh, the community weigh in on certain like facets of uh, the governance and how the governance is going to be structured. In particular, like you know, one question would be like. Do we want a like a V token model, um, kind of similar to Curve, uh, similar in the Curve, not in the sense that we necessarily have gauges. I think that's a separate issue, but similar in that, like, do we want to have it where, in order to vote in the DAO, you have to like lock your tokens up for a certain length of time, and the longer they're locked up, the uh, higher your voting power. Um, do we want that? To me, it makes a lot of sense, but I think. This is one of those like situations where what the community wants is is the right answer. Um, uh, yeah, how are we doing, Cairo? Uh, let's see. Perun from Sushi Swap and Suidex says they should have Hawaii, Hawaiian shirts and cocktails. Well, first of all, this is called an Aloha shirt. We get offended when people call them Hawaiian shirts. Don't ask why. Um, cocktail actually doesn't sound so bad. It, it is. It's only like 12 p.m. here in my time zone. It's that's true. If we make it a little later, one that'll little... be better for our uh, Indian users because I know it's a weird time. Too. Yeah, we can get a little lubricated. Um, yeah, I'm not much of a cocktail drinker. I might I might just have like a a, a beer or something. We'll see. Big wave. Uh, yeah. I don't like IPAs. Um. You know, there's this brewery on the on the Big Island I really freaking love. I've been dreaming about their um, porter. I don't even, I don't even like porter. I, I but like I had their porter. Is it called Waimea Brew House or something? I had their porter, and it was so good. And I just want I wanted to have another experience like that. And I got another porter from like a like a an Oahu based um, brewery. And I was like, oh, yeah, no, I don't like porters. I just like that one drink. If I could get my hands on that, I would I, I, I would definitely quaff that beer pretty quick. Um, I think, um, Kenny, it's also worth getting into the uh, the NFT stuff a little bit. Cool. Yeah, also I want to yeah. uh, flag, I think, Cammies. Like, uh, what are you looking for from pool party nominees? How do you decide what's a good candidate token? That is um, a great question. Do you want to answer that now, and then we can talk about NFT swaps, or should we talk? Yeah, about I think we should answer that now before we get into the next stuff. Yeah, I I'll, I'll, I defer to you, Cairo. Um, oh, sure. Of... As far as what we're looking for, yeah, I'm I mean, I, I can chime in. 
I think the single most important thing is that uh, the shell community is passionate about getting it uh, supported and um, and that it's something they actually want as far as a pool. The really, really awesome thing about Web3 in general is that you have this really great alignment of incentives as far as your users really are also your stakeholders. And so there's this synthesized perspective that you get where on one side, you're thinking like, what do I want as a user? What tokens do I actually hold? What do I want to be wrapping in as far as my utility? And you're also able to maintain this perspective of like, what is going to increase the value of the protocol overall um, at that strategic level. And I, I think that listening to the people that care about Shell and that use Shell, it's going to be hard to go wrong. Um, so I'm not going to try and second guess, you know, oh, you know, wh what is our relationship with this token issuers team? Oh, are they trying to do similar things to us? Like, are they another DEX? Because I think the whole point of decentralization is that we have to trust the community to make these decisions. And even before true governance, you know, it's like you're sort of wading down into democracy. And this is a step in that direction. So as long as it's fungible, as long as it can be wrapped onto Arbitrum 1 or is native to Arbitrum 1, um, and ideally as long as there's enough interest that people would actually want to uh, deposit liquidity for this token um, in significant volumes. The other thing I will say is that it's funny, somebody came along the other day and they asked, uh, hey, is Shell going to have concentrated liquidity? And that made me realize, for those of you that have been with us a while, we were very technical with our messaging for a very long time. And we wrote these very long blog posts about everything we were doing under the hood to make the AMM powerful. And that's all still there. You can read it. I think it might be a little dense, um, at least unless you have a technical interest in AMMs. But to answer that person's question, yes, Shell does have concentrated liquidity. In fact, it has the most concentrated, efficient, and uh, customizable liquidity of any AMM solution anywhere. Um, a lot of these projects that are succeeding off their, um, you know, their relationships, their uh, their community enthusiasm, their mining schemes. Uh, if you look under the hood, it's essentially Uniswap v2 or some version of which is concentrated, but it's pretty bare bones. And the thing we can do with Shell is we can fit this price curve, not just you know a simple a simple. Uh, I'm not going to say math words because I'm going to get it wrong, but we can essentially craft this very very specific fit based on the price history of the token, to make sure that we're getting all the little nooks and crannies of. Uh, 
of liquidity concentration where we want them. And so if it is a token that we're supporting that has a relatively um, easy to evaluate and robust price history, we can use that as a factor in the way that we shape the curve. And if it is not, if it's say a very recent token or a token with a lot of volatility, that liquidity will be more spread out to capture that range. Um, but that's what I have to say about what we're looking for in tokens that we support. Another big thing that's not directly up to the community is that we would love to get some buy-in from the token issuers of these other projects. I'm not sure what that looks like. It may just be a joint AMA or some tweets, but there's this opportunity here for us to have this pool, this very customized pool for someone's token. And not only is that providing better liquidity for their token, users are also earning shell points for holding and wrapping their token. And I think that's a really solid opportunity for, for other projects. So we can just see what kind of relationships we can form down the line. Yeah, like one, one thing we can do um, that might be difficult to accomplish for other, on other protocols is uh, we can actually provide concentrated liquidity to these um, new tokens uh, that people want listed uh, on the shell decks. And it's very customizable, like how that liquidity is concentrated, where the liquidity is concentrated. And um, so that could potentially really increase the capital efficiency, especially if you're going to be incentivizing liquidity um, of your token. If, if the DAO is going to be incentivized liquidity for that token, you can get much higher capital efficiency. Um, so that's, that's one thing. Uh, I think to me, the most important outcome this isn't necessarily criteria uh we can apply like prospectively but something to look at retrospectively is we want to make sure that whatever whatever we're doing it's creating a lot of value not just for the community but for like the the the, the protocol um that has their token on our platform um we want to make sure that we can go back and look at like a month after it's launched two months after it's launched and really point to like the benefits and the value that Shell provided. I think that's like super important. Um, and yeah, just building on, on something Cairo said earlier about like all this stuff under the hood. Like we don't talk about it as much as we used to, just because we, we realize that's you know doesn't get the engagement um, that like cool pretty pictures have. And I love pretty pictures. Um, but there's a lot of stuff under the hood. If anyone's interested, we're happy. We love geeking out about this stuff. We got a lot of cool stuff in the works actually. Um, the technology that we've built is very much like like a platform type technology that you can build and expand on top of. Um, you know, I talked about the ocean already when I was mentioning governance, but there's a whole other side to the shell uh, called Proteus, um, and it's like this um, automated market making algorithm uh, that you know does concentrated liquidity among, among other things. And so we're we're right now. And this kind of segues into NFT swaps, which we'll talk about in a second. Uh, right now, like we're focused on connecting like NFTs into the, the okay, NFTs to talk to Proteus. Um, that's like kind of what we're focused on right now, um, especially from a from a user uh, experience standpoint. 
Uh, but once we do that, there's a whole bunch of other things that we're building with Proteus. Uh, I guess we can talk about them now. Why not? I mean, the whole point of this is for some 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 like alpha leaks. Um, yeah, if we're not dropping alpha, we're just uh, you know, we're just we're just blowing everybody's day up like so. we're like wasting their time. They're they're here yeah. for the alpha, bro. Um, so, what are we doing with Proteus? Well, I think the one that's like the closest to being ready uh, is I get we internally we call it time evolving Proteus, which is sort of a technical name. I don't know if that's going to mean anything to to to, to the audience, um, but basically. Uh, what does it do? What what can you use it for? Let's start there. Um, I think it's going to have a lot of applications. The one we're looking into the most is, I think probably I assume most people on this call are familiar with like the liquidity bootstrapping pool concept, where you know you have this pool. It's like majority one token, and then over time, its weight evolves and it becomes majority another token. And it, and it's great for like launching new tokens. Um, because if you just launch a new token with like the standard like Uni V2 curve, you run into all these problems uh, relating to price discovery, which is to say like when you, when, when you have an asset that's like widely traded already, you already know what the price is. You just look at what it's trading at. But when you have an asset that hasn't been traded at all and doesn't and then you have to like launch it, you know, you don't know what the actual price is. And so you kind of have to like guess. And a lot of times you guess wrong. And when you guess wrong, what happens is people will front run um front run all the everyone else and they'll like either like buy up a whole bunch or like sell a whole bunch and it, it's really bad for like just sort of regular users and it's just like you know the 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 flash bots end up taking uh just basically taking a lot of money out of the system and not really adding a whole lot of value so these liquidity bootstrapping pools get around that problem um by Effectively running like an auction on it's 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 just basically similar to doing like an auction. Um, so you get that like price discovery, and it's a lot better for for regular users and just for the protocol itself. And so, basically, time evolving Proteus lets you do things like liquidity bootstrapping pools by having its uh, bonding curve evolve its shape over time. So you get the flexibility of Proteus. I imagine basically another way to think of it is it's sort of like you can set up a Unity V3 position that'll continuously evolve and change tick marks over time. It, it doesn't work exactly like that under the hood, but mathematically it's 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 very similar to that. Um, and so one thing we're excited about, you know, we got this collab airdrop. This is now not a bad time to talk about it. We're still working with a collab team to receive and secure the airdrop. So if if you hadn't gotten it yet, it's, it, we don't have it either. So so don't worry, it's coming. Um, That's right. Like, and uh, we did say, I believe in our proposal, as one of the terms that we were going to get it out to you guys within a month of whenever we receive it. So that clock will start as soon as it comes to us. Hopefully, hopefully okay. it'll be much sooner than a month. Um, we are have already pretty much built the front-end infrastructure that we need to get that to you. Another piece of alpha is that um, the way this is going to work, I think what makes the most sense is that um, the... Can I talk about this, Kenny? I don't know what you're going to talk about, so oh, yes. I'll just say it. The way the, uh, the way the collab token airdrop is going to work 
is uh, that it's going to be dropped within Shelby 2, within the ocean, which hopefully will save everybody some gas, at least if your goal is to earn shell points from your shkalab, uh, either as an LP or just by wrapping it, which I certainly will be. Um, and, uh, you know, from there you can unwrap it out of the ocean, do whatever you want with it, but the thought is why not leverage this power of saving everybody money to save everybody some money. I think it'll also be a good practical proof of concept and use case for the way that this can work. And and a big part of the airdrop is not just airdropping tokens to our users, but also um, having uh, having an actual pool for people to trade collab. And so we kind of have like a, this similar problem where, where there is no collab traded uh, on Arbitrum, to my knowledge, at least not, not a whole lot. No. And so we need a way of taking this like raw thing of collab tokens and um, uh, turning it into like a, like a relatively balanced pool that people can trade through. And so this will be like our first little pilot test of time evolving Proteus. Uh, we figure it's relatively low stakes. You know, the collab, there's only like, I think roughly $20,000 worth of collab tokens are going to start out in this pool. And, uh, and once, once the process is done, um, we'll have a balanced collab pool with a little bit of ETH, a little bit of collab. Um, and then uh, users can start uh, LPing in the pool and earning shell points. Um, so that'll be really cool. Uh, the other cool thing we're, we're building on the tech side, um, we're adding to Proteus. I, I don't know if it's, I can't say too much about it because it's still kind of pretty early days in the development cycle. But basically, you know, the, the big problem, <laughs> dirty little secret, <laughs> it's not even that little of a secret, the dirty big secret with automated market makers like Uniswap, Curve, etc., is they actually lose money for LPs and pretty much you're getting you're, you're losing money because you just get arbed out like the price changes on Binance and then an arbitrator will like buy low on Binance and sell high on Uniswap or, or vice versa they'll buy low on Uniswap and sell high on Binance and so as an LP you're pretty much buying high and selling low uh, you're kind of locked into that and it's possible theoretically to make money, but on average you're going to lose money, and, and in practice it's not a small amount of money. It's like you know minus I don't know like twenty or thirty percent ROI. People have done like like empirical analyses on I think like Uniswap LPs. Anyway, this is a problem that Shell has as well. We're not we're not immune to this, and you can still make sense to LP if there's a few like um, conditions met. The first is like the the market has to be fairly like the the, the AMM itself has to be like large relative to the size of the market. Um, so like like two like when we have like a two can swaps, but I'll get to in a second. Um, those two can swaps, uh, you know, that's going to be like a majority. Hopefully, like a majority of the liquidity for two cans will be live on that AMM, and so that's a little different for LPs. The second thing, and, and most important thing, um, what was the second thing? Oh, is, is, is if there's like some extra incentive to LP. So in our case, shell points. So right now, 
you know, you're LPing because you get these shell points, and these shell points will one day be converted, will one day turn into shell tokens, and hopefully, like, the upside of those shell tokens outweighs the impermanent loss of being an LP. That's kind of the, that's the implicit bet everyone's taking, whether you whether you're aware of it or not. That's that's you know under the hood what's happening from a sort of financial and economic standpoint. Now that that that's fine for now. Um, you know we're just trying to bootstrap the protocol. We're trying to like prove it out. We're trying to build it out. We're trying to grow the community. I don't think that's like a huge problem for us today. But long term, we need to fix this. If like you know. If, 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 if the main value proposition of our protocol is that, like, yeah, you'll lose money on average, that's, like, it's not going to work. And so we're working on, like, an alternative model um, to making it, hopefully, like, actually profitable to LP. Now, the... Effectively, you, you, I gave a talk about this at ETH Denver. I think we, po we tweeted it out. It's on YouTube. Um, look, look up Blue Yard. Um, and the basic idea is that when you're in a liquidity provider, you're selling free options to the market. And the person who exercises this option is whoever can like get their transaction included in the block the fastest. Um, so like, you know, an MEV bots basically. Um, and, uh, the way we're approached, waste, a lot of projects are trying to solve this, um, is to, effectively charge like a variable fee. I'm skeptical that that's going to work just because like the fee has to be calculated on chain and it has to use like, you know, historic, like historical data, like volatility and trade volumes and stuff like that. And, you know, on chain computation is like really expensive, you know, it costs like a couple cents or more to like add and subtract numbers. And you're going up against like, you know, these hedge funds that are doing everything off chain and um, it's sort of like bringing like, like a knife to a gunfight ultimately. Like it, it's just, it's just going to be so hard to like outsmart uh, these guys um, by charging like different fees when the fees are calculated on chain. And so what, what we're, the approach we're trying to take is like, what if instead of letting anyone trade against this pool, you have to like pay a premium. You have to pay for the right to trade against this pool. And as long as you have an efficient market, relatively efficient market to charge these premiums, um, you know, basically like an auction of sorts for how much these premiums should be worth, uh, you should end up with a, with a pretty good, pretty good outcome. Uh, I think there's gonna be a lot of R and D that has to go into making this really like click. Um, for our MVP, we're, all we're trying to do for the MVP, and hopefully it'll be ready this summer, knock on wood, maybe like Q3 is what we're, what we're targeting to have like this MVP ready. But the idea is instead of, is we're just, we're not trying to like go positive. We're just trying to lose less money than the regular pool. So what we're going to do <laughs> is we're going to set up uh, two pools side by side, you know, you know, like an ETH USDC pool or something like that. And we're going to see like one is going to be like the old model and one is going to be the new model. And we're going to see like which one loses the least amount of money. Um, and uh, I think that'll be really exciting. Cairo is like frowning. Oh, yeah. This is totally not like, gonna, this is totally not, not like how you should like pitch and market it. Um, you know, when you see this tweeted out, it'll have very different. Cairo will have gone through it and like added like a much 
much better. <laughs> yeah, don't. I, I'm not a salesman, guys. At the end of the day, okay. Um, You're an economist, and that's what we're doing here. Is we're uh, we're innovating. That's one thing that I love maybe the most about Shell, even more possibly than um, working with all you guys, is that just how much we're trying to actually build tools that can provide value uh, to the to the sector. I also, I want to specify for you guys that while our capacity for innovating or tinkering, however you want to put it, with uh, DeFi products is limitless and we will never stop. Uh, this rollout of these experimental pools is not a prerequisite to the end of the guarded launch, uh, which we are getting closer to all the time. The initial scope of that was laid out at the end of 2022. We basically said we wanted to have our Proteus pools live for some time without disaster, which we have achieved, and get these Toucan NFT features up and live and eventually start to expand them beyond just toucans, which is also underway. And um, when this happens, uh, it sort of, we sort of uh, take the next step as far as uh, bringing Shell out of this guarded launch and also lifting some of these restrictions like um, quota. I think the quota system and the expander system has worked very well for the purpose that we wanted was, which was to um, essentially to limit TVL deliberately for everybody's safety while finding a way to distribute um, access to the pools in such a way that um, anyone could participate. And it wasn't a whales game or anything like like that or completely limited to those who had used v1 etc etc and, and it wasn't civil attacked was and it also was not sibilable and that's another question that we had here recently on the chat was uh how will shell points translate into tokens which is something we'll get into at a later date but um i will say Just on the surface, anything you do to try and progressively weight the distribution of tokens across wallets, meaning, say, give extra tokens to small wallets at the expense of large ones or something like that, you are inevitably opening yourself up to vulnerability to civil attack. Uh, because one wallet does not automatically equal one human being. And since we don't have on-chain identity figured out at the moment, nobody does, um, we can't exactly uh, parse and prune multiple wallets, and nor do we want to limit people to using one wallet. I mean, you can use as many as you like. It's your DeFi experience, but... Um, not rewarding this sort of like, you know, spam the field behavior is something that's important to us. 
So that will be reflected in the strategy that we ultimately release. Yeah. Yep. And once once we ship these two can swaps, that's when you know the quota is going to be not not immediately, but within you know a matter of weeks, the quota will be lifted for mo pretty much all existing pools. Um, oh and yeah, alpha drop. I need like my soundboard. Next yeah. time we'll have a soundboard, guys. We'll have music things. Yeah, we need uh, the yeah, quota will be lifted for a lot of these pools in the next few weeks. However, it will still have a role indefinitely as a way to uh, participate in more experimental features, which I think is what you were just about to say, Kenny. Yeah, and the collab, like for example, I think like the collab pool, it won't be a, like a vanilla Proteus pool, it'll be that time evolving pool. And so to LP in that, we're gonna probably have some quota. Um, uh, certainly for these like upcoming like premium Proteus, Proteus pools, those, those will have quota. Like we're gonna keep experimenting and we're gonna keep needing quota. Um, I think the question that we're trying to answer internally is, is you know, what do we do with all these like unused expanders um, in the Broquan's booty? And do we wanna keep using the Broquan's booty like system indefinitely? Um, uh, or, or do we wanna transition to like a, a different approach? Um, I think we want to keep it fun. We want to keep it gamified. We like NFTs. Um, certainly, it makes sense to keep the boosters for a lot longer. Um, those those aren't going to go obsolete anytime soon. So these are the things that we, we do have for yet. One of the tools we have in our toolkit as well is crafting. And I know we've done a variety of mostly holiday events. But, uh, you know, if we want to give people more flexibility, make sure that what they have as far as the booty collection stays relevant. Crafting, going from item to item is one thing we can do, potentially, to uh, to keep those items relevant. Yeah. Yeah. You'll notice we like experimenting, and so we've been experimenting with different, like, crafting approaches, and I think we're homing, honing, hom homing in on something that could be cool. Uh, I guess uh, NFT swaps is, is now the time we can finally... It's a good thing sure. we didn't start with NFT swaps. I guess we've, we've been talking for... Oh, it's only been an hour. Okay. I'm not, uh, I thought we were talking for like an hour and a half. I'm like, only oh, an man. hour. Uh, oh, Kim wants to know when we're going to have the new team members on a meld so everyone can meet them. Oh. So that's an option. Yeah, we also we have, have plenty of uh, special guests who are interested in joining. So in the future melds. I know at least the very next one that we do, which is going to be sooner than later, we're going to have a very special team represented. So stay tuned for that. I wonder who that could be. We'll find um, out. Actually, I actually am curious. I, I kind of, I think we talked about it, but Did I you forget. I, no, I think I do remember actually. I'm just, just being a tease. Um, okay. Um, yeah. Oh, go on, Cairo. No, no, no um nft swaps yeah so they're coming i've been playing around with it this morning on the test net uh we're basically and the where we are in terms of progress is we're just polishing different edge cases um i think so what what's the goal 
Well, there's like the under the hood technical smart contract goal, which is putting NFTs into AMMs, which people have done before, but it's never been done using our technology. And we think our technology is a great fit for that because we're all about composability and we're all, and it makes a lot of sense to us to use our system to plug, basically financialize NFTs and make them easier to trade, easier to use, easier to borrow, lend, etc. And this is just the first step to doing that. Um, and uh, that's kind of under the hood. That's kind of boring stuff, but that's all done. What we're still polishing is we're trying to create a very different uh, user experience um, and a very different like way of trading NFTs. I think, um, you know, if you go to like OpenSea, uh, the user experience is sort of like, it feels like I'm at an Amazon, like checkout store, you know, I collect, like add things to my cart and check out. It's like kind of pleasant. I like it. The difference um, being you have to sign a, uh, MetaMask transaction for every single one. So <laughs> I think you can buy in bulk. Can't you buy in bulk now? Uh, it depends on how the contract is set up. I believe maybe, I don't know. I don't know. I bought either. my two accounts a while ago. Clearly. Yeah, but like it's it's basically like like a web checkout uh, experience. Um, I think there's other things like was it Blur? I've I've heard of you know and, and or like Uniswap. Uh, okay. Yeah, like, kind of... Oh. Did you switch to your mom's Wi-Fi again? <laughs> no. Okay. I don't think so. Uh, you know, it might just be when there's a big gust of wind, they might be like rubbing the poles or something. Okay, it blows the Wi-Fi away. Yeah, it kind of, you know, creates some friction on the on the on the poles with the cables and you know, that actually sounds kind of dirty now that I said it aloud, but um you know, it happens to the best of us. Um but you're back now. So sorry, okay. don't let me derail you. So, so uh, someone asked like, how many people on the team as I say uh, as I derail you again after saying I wouldn't. Uh, like, I think it's what, eight now? Eight people counting, yeah, counting myself. Yeah. Yeah. So if we needed to fight a giant spider, we have one person to go for each eye or leg. Yeah. Yeah. It's either, okay. Yeah. Um. <laughs> uh. Where, where, oh yeah, you have like, I think like Uniswap has this type of interface, and I believe I heard like Blur has a similar interface where it's kind of like you're on like a Bloomberg terminal and you know, you're looking at prices and I think that's fine too. Um, I don't really have anything against these, but the user experience we're trying to create is we're trying to make buying and selling NFTs on our platform to be pretty much like identical to like swapping fungible tokens, Boom. which is also identical to like LPing. And so without having to like go to different tabs or go to different places, you can like, you know, trade like USDC for ETH. You can like LP into like the ARB pool and you can like buy toucans all in the same interface, all with the same like user flow. And we're just trying to make like this omnibus uh, like trading interface 
that's very minimal, very like easy to like understand, very easy to use, um, and relatively self-contained. And hopefully when you use it, you won't think to yourself, oh, wow, these guys spent a lot of time building this. Uh, hopefully you'll just use it and you'll enjoy it and you won't think about it. Because, um, you know, if you ever use like an interface, you know when someone didn't spend any time thinking about it because it's obvious it sucks. And if you use an interface and you think like, wow, they spent a lot of time on this, that means they didn't spend enough time because like you're thinking about it. Like you really want it to just... You know, when you use your like when you use your like iPhone, for example, you don't think like, oh wow, this is such a great interface. You just kind of use it and you don't think about it. And that's what we're trying to do with this toucan swaps. Um, I'm not gonna pro I'm not promising you that it's gonna be like seamless and smooth and have no no flaws. Um, it, but I hope but you know, with a little bit of polishing we'll get there. Um, and also with your help and, and feedback, and we're almost there. NFTs are a bit different. There's a couple of a couple of differences swapping with a swap interface on NFTs and fungible tokens. Um, and I think we're like 99.9% .9 of the way done uh, with that. Would we, uh, a question, would we accommodate other Arbitrum NFTs? Yes. Of course. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. I think the big, in my opinion, you can disagree, Kenny. It is incredibly easy once we have the setup for toucans to do it for pretty much any NFT collection. And in my mind, the question to answer is how are we going to treat and assess the comparative differences in value from one NFT within a collection to another? Because it's kind of a subjective question. There are a lot of people out there who are trying to do uh, price discovery for NFTs. Some of them are using machine learning. Some of them are doing other things um, that may or may not work. But the idea with the toucans is we're sort essentially starting with the most simple answer, which is to treat every single one the same. And that each one can be redeemed for 100 toucan, two coin, and vice versa. Which means that the, uh, the AMM is really well suited for floor value toucans because anything that's not a floor value toucan is going to get scooped up out of the pool by someone else as soon as you put it in. So you get this kind of like adverse selection effect with the toucans remaining in the pool. However, nothing says that we have to give the same amount of the fungible NFT back token for every single NFT in a collection. We just need to find logic for the contract to know how much to give out and take back. So that's something to think about. There are other ways to do it for um, other collections. You could have tiers, you know, you could go off the price history for these items. Um, the thing that gives me pause is that I really think price discovery and price setting for these NFTs and these collections should come up from the community and from the markets and be told to the smart contracts through the user price activity. And if you are setting fixed exchange rates for these 
NFTs, you're essentially prescribing to the community what the relative value is from one NFT to another. So, um, yeah, there may be other people that have innovative solutions to this. We may come up with some crazy stuff and try it. But as far as supporting other NFTs um, on Arbitrum within Shell to wrap, absolutely. And I think that's the big question to answer as far as how we do it. Yeah. I, you know, like after we have like some, some more tokens, like fungible tokens on our platform, I think like the next kind of goal will be to get NFTs as, as well. Um, one approach to, to sort of having like a more bottom up, like in order to have different, you know, if, one approach, like let's say like gold beak toucans, people tend, tend to want more than like regular beak toucans. Um, so one approach is, so one thing we don't want to do, uh, we meaning like, you know, like the core team, Kyrie Labs, we don't want to like tell the market, hey, a gold beak is worth twice a regular beak. You know, that, yeah, I don't and a think... lot of people have made proposals for us to do things that would involve this kind of, um, you know, prescriptive approach. And here's the thing. We have absolutely no opposition to the community valuing certain traits more highly. Uh, it's, it's just sort of a natural property of the way NFT collections work. We just don't want to be telling you what those values are. We want to be gaining them from the activity. Yeah. So one approach, and this is sort of, uh, if anyone follows like PseudoSwap, you know, they let people create their own pools of NFTs. And there's no reason why we couldn't do that on Shell. Um, and one thing that someone could do is they could say, well, I personally value gold beaks at double the rate of regular beaks. And so they could create a pool where gold beaks are weighted 2x. So if you give this, if you give this, like, if you give them a gold beak, you get 200, like, let's say, let's say I value gold beaks twice as much. You get 200 Kenny two coin back. Um, and if you give me a non-gold beak, I'll give you 100 Kenny two coin back. And so in that collection, um, you know, and, and if someone says like, well, actually, and then you can, then we can create like an AMM with Kenny to two coin, uh, on, on, on top of that. And so if someone says like, oh, well, I'm, I'm willing to like, you know, based on the, on the current selling price of Kenny two coin, I'm willing to trade, uh, you know, a gold beak or I'm willing to trade a regular beak, um, and that would be one way to create like a bottom-up price discovery. This is still like it's all early. Uh, we're still thinking through this, and maybe maybe the community will have some ideas. Um, but that that's kind of the direction we're thinking. And I, I think for now we're just going to focus on just floor NFTs because that just seems like the low-hanging fruit, and we'll iterate. Um, and uh, you know, as you guys have seen, we have this pool party initiative that we've begun as of I think 12-ish hours ago. And we're, if you haven't seen already, go check out the announcements. We've got a form where you can nominate a token to uh, be supported in the future on Shell. And um, I think we'll learn from how this goes. And in the future, when the NFT AMM is scalable, we will want to do something similar for that, where we're directly taking community input 
to determine what NFTs uh, we end up supporting uh, in the, in those sort of like middle stages. Because I think in the end stage, it becomes not a matter of the core team manually adding tokens and NFTs to Shell. I think Shell reaches a point where if you want your token or NFT supported on the ocean, you just go deploy it. You yeah. know, that's already how it works at the smart contract perspective. However, you know, there's a time and opportunity cost to building out UI UX, understanding the contracts, etc., which is why at the moment our team is best positioned to do this all ourselves. But uh, it won't always be that way, especially as things scale. Yeah, and, and Proteus, you know, we, we put a lot of effort into the security of Proteus. We feel very confident in the security of Proteus. We put our own money in it. But it's not idiot-proof in that, like, we don't, like, you know, like Uniswap V2. Like, no matter how hard you try, as long as you're using, like, regular ERC-20 tokens and Uniswap V2, it's going to work. We're not quite at that level of confidence that, like, someone could potentially configure a Proteus pool in a way where it kind of, like, doesn't go so well. Um, I mean, I don't think that's possible, but we don't, we're not, like, 100% confident because there's just, there's so much flexibility and degrees of freedom that, you know, making, creating a product that's, like, really easy for, like, anyone to use, uh, it's not quite there yet. Um, and I think a prerequisite is we have to feel like this is completely idiot-proof, um, which we're getting, we're getting closer and closer uh, every week. Um, and eventually it'll get there. And it'll be really exciting when it does. Um, yeah, so if you have any idiots, come tell them to try our product and see if See if they proof. can break it. Yeah, see if they can break it, please. Um, um, and eventually, eventually we'll have a complete success. The last thing I want to say about like NFT AMMs is so we were talking about compose. We started this call talking about composability, um, and I want to. I think it's. I don't know if this is. I don't know if we're going to end the call right after this, but you know, this is gonna yeah, be I think we'll wrap it up. Yeah, so let's end the call with composability. So, so if you've been paying attention, you're, you've kind of may have noticed that we have, okay, well, we have NFTs wrapped. We have ability to fractionalize NFTs. We have the ability to put those fractionalized NFTs into an AMM. And so therefore we get NFT swaps. That's composability. You may have also remembered that we have been working on our AMM and we're really close to shipping like kind of a prototype MVP of liquidity bootstrapping AMMs, which let you effectively auction off a huge batch of tokens. Uh, you do that in a way that's MEV resistant and is pretty fair to sort of regular users in the community. So if you put all that together, that means we're in the process of building out a platform that lets people fair launch and auction off like newly minted NFTs. And so an example of, of like why this is important and how it's kind of a problem is, is those who might remember like the Broquan's booty crates. We had no idea how much to sell these crates for. Um, we had no idea. We were like, it could be like $5 might be too much. $5 might be too little. $20 might be too little. Like $1, we didn't know like what the heck 
to sell them for. And we're like, well, we want to make sure that they we don't set the price too low. We want it all to sell out because the whole point is to get more money into the, in the into the protocol, but do it in a way that's like guarded. And in retrospect, we 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 charged the price way too low. Um, it got sold out way too fast. It got front run. Um, and you know, I don't think it was like, a, it wasn't like a, like a, like a disaster, but, but it, like, it could have been a lot better, you know, it could have been a lot more fair and a lot more equitable and, you know, we could have raised more capital for the core team. And so ever since then, uh, <laughs> I'm kind of thinking about this damn problem. And I think just in general, this is a problem, uh, for anyone who's trying to launch an NFT collection where you don't know how much your NFT is going to be valued by the market in so there's and and, and so you, you you set the price too low and then you know these MEV bots end up capturing most of the value and like sweeping the floor and, and all that stuff. And so what what we're ultimately gonna launch is like this platform that lets you do like a fair launch and effectively auction off a large batch of your NFTs the same way that liquidity bootstrapping pools work. And uh yeah, so hopefully that'll mean like a much fairer distribution for the communities uh, and, 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 the, and, and the like retail buyers and also like more capital raised for the NFT artists and sellers. And um, yeah, that's something that we're really, I'm personally really excited about. I think like one of the things we're looking at, looking to do from like a product. Oh, we're losing him. Am I back? <laughs> uh, if you're not getting blown away, yeah, I, I think I sort of got every time the wind comes in, like the, the, the it cuts out. Um, but anyway, uh, I don't know how much you heard, but basically, you know, no, we got it. platform to, to fair launch NFTs and uh, or liquidity bootstrap NFTs, whatever you want, whatever, like, you know, word you want to use. And, um, you know, one of the things we're, we're looking for, like, is. You know, ultimately, I think Shell is going to evolve into like a, a super app, a super protocol where everything you want to do can happen in one place here at Shell. And it's just very seamless and easy. But along the way, we're going to be looking for like differentiating features and capabilities that, you know, you can't get anywhere else. And that can really like establish us as a place that people want to go. And so the hope is that this NFT launch platform, uh, can be kind of like people's gateway drug to getting into shell beyond just shell points. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think that's, I think that's just about it for me. Any, any other questions or any stuff that I missed? No, I think that's pretty comprehensive. I just want to wrap up by sort of re going over what's next. Cause I think that's at least the theme I wanted to touch on what's next as far as the community, um, we are finishing two coin. We're finishing the two can AMM. Those two will ship possibly together very soon. We're going to have the tokenomics part two blog post, which will get more into allocations and other details like that. Hopefully help people start thinking about, you know, Obviously, the big X question is um, the total value of the token, which we're not ever going to speculate on. But if you have opinions, you can plug that into your algebra and you can figure out, you know, if what you're doing may or may not be 
worth your time. And I'm excited to see what everybody uh, comes to as far as those conclusions. Um, beyond that, we're looking at the end of the guarded launch coming very soon, which means quota for the traditional pools and wrapped tokens being lifted uh, or you know changed to infinity, however you want to look at it. And that quota will remain in place for more experimental features. Uh, there are a couple more steps along the way um, between all of what I just said and a token launch. And um, hopefully they will be exciting, satisfying, clear, and uh, not take too long. So I'm looking forward to sharing those with you in the uh, time to come. One thing I like to do is just imagine, think back like where we were a year ago. You know, the Toucans just launched. I think we were doing like a Mind Meld Live right around the same day, same time. Think back what, what the protocol used to be and then sort of think like, wow, what if the same amount of change happens in the next 12 months? What's the protocol going to look like then? Because by then we're going to have a token. We're going to have all sorts of stuff. Um, yeah, it's really exciting. It's really, it's, it's really a pleasure and an honor to, to be on this journey with all of you. Thank you for tuning yeah. in. Yeah. Uh, every few weeks, someone will come in and say, oh, I'm here, but I'm late. You're not, definitely not late. And I think if you look at who's around in time to come, you're going to go, wow, I was actually quite early. Uh, all right. Well, thank you all for being here. It's been almost an hour and a half, so we'll cut you loose. I also want to give a shout out to everyone who is not watching this live, because this will be up hopefully on podcast services, on YouTube to replay. So if you sat and you watched this entire thing, listened to this entire thing asynchronously, um, we're honored. And we hope that you got some value out of it. Um, and you guys for the reason we do this. And uh, we're very glad to have you. So, aloha. Aloha, everyone.